You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. I am Matt Baker. I perform a comedy and stunt show. And I'm Louis Fox. I do uh, magic tricks, comedy, and hand shadow puppets. <laughs> and we both have performed at the Moisture Festival for a number of years. So welcome to the podcast where we give you a peek behind the curtains of the performers and the people that make the Moisture Festival happen. You get a little, little bit of a look at their journey to getting on stage and a little bit about what they do in their time off stage. So welcome and be sure to check out all the episodes of the Moisture Festival podcast because there's a lot. There is a lot. And if you aren't familiar with the Moisture Festival, it's a four-week festival celebrating variety arts. So that's hula hoopers, magicians, people who bounce on their hands, acrobats, pretty much anything you can think of. It is the largest festival of its kind in the entire world, folks. In the entire world, it's the largest festival, and it features some of the best entertainers and comedians working today. The festival happens in the months of March and April, and not only do they have world-class variety acts, but they have a burlesque venue that runs for one week only, and get your tickets for that early because that always sells out actually 95 percent we've crunched the data louis yes. 95 percent of the shows sell out so if you're listening to this in the months of march and april be sure to go to moisturefestival.org and get your tickets today yes especially if your bucket list item is to see the opening show get them now absolutely on this episode of the Moisture Festival podcast, we have the fabulous Alex Bistreski. Yeah, we talk about how he got into the circus by being recruited at the Starbucks, and then how to learn hat juggling by asking another performer and getting a weird answer. <laughs> we also learn about how he uh, was a stunt double for a while, and how he got into sort of the movie business by doing stunts, and who his famous brother is. <laughs> it's a great interview that we did over Zoom. Let's get to it. Boom. Today's guest is a Los Angeles-based comedy performer, circus entertainer, actor, writer, and played Charlie Chaplin in L.A. Opera's production of Pagliacci. He has been on American Horror Story, The Ellen Show, and my favorite show, My Crazy Ex. We have Alex Pistrevsky. How are we doing, guys? Oh, I did the hand motion. I wasn't supposed to do the hand you nailed motion. It. You nailed it. <laughs> I'm sure you get all sorts of weird pronunciations of your name. What's the, do you have any off the top of your head? That you know, they like, all oh, kind of blur. They all kind of blur together now. Yeah, they're all they're all wrong. Let's just be real about that first of all. <laughs> but I kind of stopped caring now. Like I could have a whole like story of like all the times people mispronounce my last oh, name, yeah. and it would be too many. It'd be too many pages for people to scroll through. So it doesn't even <laughs> matter. It doesn't even phase me. And now I just say, eh, close enough. Just yeah. call it please B, you know, whatever's easier for you. I would just keep a running list of the 
horrible pronunciations and then just read them off in the show and just be like, hey, you nailed that one, but here's the worst ones I've gotten. You just have check Got marks it. when someone calls you somebody. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so well, thanks, man. So uh, did we describe you correctly? What? How do you describe what you do to people? For people when they ask uh, or when they're curious, um, I just say I'm a vaudevillian or a variety circus entertainer. It seems like the easiest way just to um, express what I am. And half the time, I don't really want to talk about myself. Like when people ask me, like I, I'm at LA Fitness, like practicing, and they're like, "Hey, so what? What's this for? Why are you doing this? Like, well, what, what's this all about?" Sometimes you just want to end the conversation quickly and be like, yeah. "I'm I'm a circus guy. That's it. That's all I need yeah. to know. If you know what I mean?" <laughs> so it just depends on the situation. But if I'm talking to like a peer or somebody who's genuinely interested, I just say I'm a vaudevillian. Or a variety circus entertainer. Say vaudevillian to people. Does that? I feel like that would open up more questions. That would. So that that's why I'm very choosy with that. Gotcha. I don't like hit the ground running with that one. Yeah. Because when I say vaudeville or vaudevillian, they're like, well, what's vaudeville? Yeah. Right. Vaudeville is a period of time between the 18 like 60s and the 1920s to 30s. You know, I just kind of have to go through that little spiel, but. Um, I'm going to give you a history lesson. And then I'm going to tell you, I'm a time traveler. No, it's also like intriguing because I feel like people just aren't used to hearing about that period of time slash even that word itself. And they're just intrigued. Um, But like I said, I don't always want to talk about myself. So sometimes I just like try to keep it very simple and be like, yo, I'm just a circus guy. You You don't really need to know. Even like as far as show introductions. Like when people like build me up before a show, I almost don't like that either. I just oh really, this this just introduced me as a hey this this next guy has a cane do attitude. We yeah. found this guy on Craigslist. Yeah, like give me something like I'd rather much rather get something like that. So expectations <laughs> are low than to build me up. You know? What yeah, I, I hear no. That's a va- that's a valid point. <laughs> yep. Do you guys know Michael Michael Rayner? Yes, he has a really good line. Um, he gets introduced. He's like he even once performed outside of a CVS pharmacy parking lot or something like that. Like that's like one of his credits, and it's true. It's actually yeah. true. He performed in a CVS pharmacy parking lot, and that makes me laugh so hard. And <laughs> I wish I was one of my credits to be perfect. Yeah. Well, it meets with character, though, too, right? <laughs> right. So what, I, I mean, you have all sorts of skills. I see you're a juggler, yeah. you're a mime, you're a physical comedian, you're a stuntman. <laughs> it's funny because, like, uh, I feel like now I'm less of those things. I think back in my in my heyday, like, when I was first getting a sense of Los Angeles and the market and, like, understanding my place and all of it, I think I tried everything. I literally tried. Like, I was, yeah, I did stunts for different productions, different uh, movies and TV shows. Um, I did do mime and other stuff, but like now it's like what I consider myself a mime now, probably not. And even even less these days, I don't even see myself as much of a clown anymore either, which is which is interesting. Like I used to be all in the clown, but now it's like finding like less and less um, the appeal um, for my own personal self to be a clown. You know, I, I'm more leaning into the vaudeville side of things. So, yeah, I, I guess I. Um, still do the acting and and a lot of the circus performing. And I kind of just like group it in one umbrella, just circus or yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. I don't like to go too much into detail about everything, but yeah, I've done a lot of different things. And sometimes I know I was making a promo kit not too long ago and I just couldn't remember what I was in because <laughs> after like 10 or 11 years, it kind of blurs together and you just kind of don't remember it. And yeah. so I took a moment to just like pull it all together and say, okay, what have I done? And I saw the list. I was like, oh, my God, that's actually quite a lot. Like, yeah, 
I should actually be proud of myself and not like, you know, like, and like take a moment and be like, man, Alex, you did, you did some cool stuff, you yeah. know? And I think we oftentimes as performers, you guys can relate, forget, like we've done some cool stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, I remind well, I think my you... wife at every turn that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I performed in a CVS parking lot. Yeah. yeah that's the part my wife only remembers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think when, you know, when you're first starting, you know, you sort of just say yes to everything, you know, and you're like, can you still walk? Yeah, sure. I can still walk. Can you clown? Yeah. I, can, you, can I do contortion in a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's not what you're passionate about, but it's like what right. pays the bills. Right. Let's back it up a little bit. How did you get into doing stunts? Okay, so this is going to be a little bit of a longer story. That's fine. <laughs> so um, it, it goes back to our reason for coming to Los Angeles. And when I say our reason, I mean my brother and I. We, we were always like, I don't know if the people can see this, but I got my fingers crossed. We're like mm. peas in a pod. We're like best friends. My Real brother quick, and I, so. Matt and I had a bet yeah. before this. Is he your yeah. like, actual blood brother or like performing brother? Well, we have the same mom. Okay. Ah. Uh, yeah, and, and the same dad. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. But we're all but we're different all parents. Yeah. So it's not that serious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, no, he's blood, like, so actual brothers. I thought it was like a Karamazov thing. Brother, like, oh, we're yeah. the Bostrovsky brothers. The Bostrovsky brothers. We're the, we're, the, we're the babies of the family. Um, I'm the youngest. He's the second youngest. Um, so he's like two and a half years older than me. Mm. But like, we've always been like close, like really close. And so originally we both moved to Los Angeles. He wanted to pursue stunt work and I wanted to pursue screenwriting. That was the goal. And like I was finishing a film program in LA. I was just going to go back to graduate. We were in a Starbucks and this lady approaches us and we're just kind of goofing off in line. And she's like, you guys would be perfect for the circus. And we're like, thanks lady. She's like what a weird thing to say to somebody. Like that's like a backhanded compliment or something. So we're like, thank you. And then she's like, no, 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 I'm a director of a circus school. Here's my card. And she gives us her card. And she's like, give me a call. And we're like, yeah, we'll call you. We didn't call her because we thought she was really weird. And then a few weeks later, um, Demetrius is in Santa Monica. And he used to coach gymnastics. Um, so he could do his handstands. He could do his splits. And so he was doing the splits on the green and like his handstands. And these two girls came up to him like, oh, my God, you're six foot seven. You could do handstands and this, you should come train with us. And they pull out this card and he's looking at this card. He's like, where have I seen this before? This is such a strange, familiar feeling. And he's like, wait a minute. He reaches into his wallet, pulls out the card from three weeks ago, puts them side by side. And it's the same exact card. And he's like, wait, he had the card in his pocket for three weeks. Yeah. You, just put, you know, you put a card in there and it stays there. I don't know. Like I have, you, I've had cards. Somebody gives me, he's like, yeah, thank you. And I put it in my yeah. wallet. It stays there. But I mean, luckily he didn't throw it away, but uh, um, I attribute a lot of our current um, success slash trajectory of our entire lives just based on that one moment. It's crazy how one moment in life can can 100 percent. Yeah. Yep. And did and, you ever talk to that lady on like, so, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. So basically, wow. he calls her like and he's like, hey, remember me? I was like the tall guy at the Starbucks and then he shows up and he loves it. He's like, Alex, that lady, she wasn't crazy. It was really cool. So we, he ended up going to that circus school and then he reeled me in and we're both at the circus school and we, we had just moved to Los Angeles. We're absolutely broke at this point, like no money whatsoever. But now there's like the circus thing that we are starting to get into because when we were young, the only thing we saw in terms of circus was like Barnum and Bailey. 
kind of the old type yeah. of circus. And, and we had only been to like one circus show as kids. So we didn't really like have a good, like a positive, like, oh yeah, circus is amazing. We just mm. thought, okay, circus, right? And then when we got to the school, we were like, oh my God, there's so many cool things. That's like Circus Soleil or like Seven Fingers and all the modern type of circus stuff that we just didn't know about. So we fell in love with it. We're there seven days a week for one year straight. We were in the group training. We were performing in the shows on the weekends. I worked in the office as the office wizard, wow. helping sign people into classes, like doing like video editing and like different, different projects. And then because we were broke, we needed to pay for our training. We became the janitors <laughs> at the school. So literally we were like karate kid. We were mopping the floor yeah. every day, paying for our training. Um, we did that for a year. And after about a year, we were like, okay, uh, we got a nice little foundation. We're still broke. We're still very broke, but we got a nice solid foundation. We're going to go head on to, into this and we're going to train our best. And we just decided to start training independently. And we would go to an LA fitness every single day for a number of years. Uh, we trained there for about six to nine hours every single day. Wow. Our full-time job. Because we, keep now, in mind, we had no, we had no gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does it mean to, to train at the LA Fitness? You're not like going to a guy and like, okay, one more rep, buddy. No, no, no. Piss okay. off all the racquetball players who can't <laughs> yeah. get in the court. Everybody get in here. <laughs> uh, it's a dance room. So the one that's close to our house is just a large dance room, tall ceilings, mm. open space, air conditioned. That's all you really need for, for juggling or circus you know, training. So, yeah, we're just there in the dance room. And at first, it was kind of weird in the sense that we're the only ones doing weird stuff. Because you, you know, the people with the ropes, people mm. with the weights, people doing cardio. Like, that's all you see at the gym, right? I mean, that's what a gym is for, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we, we show up there. We start juggling. We start doing our weird stuff. And little by little, we kind of ease our way into it. Like, we'd bring one weird thing that week and then bring another weird thing the next week. They started to get to know us and then they started to celebrate us where like, Hey, what are you bringing today? And we like, that was my, my stomping grounds where I would learn all my stuff. So like yeah. I brought my stilts there, my tall unicycle there, my rolling globe, my rolling ball up, all our workshopping of different skills, all in that one room. So that room has history for us. And I remember, remember there was even times where we were getting ready for shows and we were trying to like run through material and we're like, I don't know if this is good or not. Let's just, let's just run it at LA fitness. And we'd go to like the main room. Hey guys, show in ten minutes. And people <laughs> <laughs> and come and have a group of like twenty people watch our show. <laughs> ask me, hey, do you guys like it? <laughs> like, no, actually, no. We're not. Your character is not believable. <laughs> yeah, think it was good. Good critique. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a solid notes. So, yeah, like really solid notes. No, we we learned a lot. That LA Fitness was so important to us. And I'll I'll get back to that later. Um, but to answer your question about um, stunts, that was my brother's dream when he first moved to Los Angeles, right? But just like all dreams, I feel like we don't really know what we truly want in life. I think we just are going to the closest thing that we think it is. And then when we get there, we realize, wait, that wasn't it. It was actually this, you know? And so my brother's dream for a while is to do stunts. And that was my gateway into it, is doing stunts with my brother. It was a fun thing we could do together. And get paid, you know what? Like, like, hey, I'm broke. I need, I need money, you know. So it's like, okay, stunts, sure. You want me, you want me to wreck down a, a set of stairs? You want me to take a bullet reaction? Sure, I got this. You know what I mean? Easy walk in the park. Like, I have acrobatics training. I could do this, you know, in in a safe way. Um, 
But then as he got to do stunts, he realized it, it wasn't really about stunts that he wanted to be. He wanted to do action acting and, and creature acting and that kind of stuff. And that's what he does now. And he's, he's like loving it. And he's having the time of his life. Did I, did I see he's Darth Vader and on Disney Plus show? Yeah, he's Darth, he was Darth Vader and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nice. Oh. That was like a full circle moment for him because like, he's been working so hard for 10 plus years. If you think back to where we started – and this role was like really important to him, and he put yeah. everything he put everything into it. Nice. Now, for the stunts, you're like you like how who do you call? Do you just like this? Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like okay, I I can fall down a, a flight of stairs. Do you just like call? I don't know. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. It's it's more like the industry is like once you work one job, you meet another person who you work another job with, just like with performing in circus or, or vaudeville. It's you, you make connections with other stunt people, stunt coordinators. And usually what it is is like, hey, we're doing this movie. We need, we need two more guys. Are you available? Kind of a thing. Like I never found myself contacting anybody. Okay. It was either my brother's like, hey, my friend's looking for somebody or, or somebody just reached out to me directly. Because they knew Demetrius. I credit mm-hmm. all my stunt stuff to Demetrius. Like, he was the, the contact for me. Mm-hmm. And I did it for a little while, but it wasn't like, it wasn't my passion. Uh, you're, was wait, he, you're his stunt double. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, he was my stunt double. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, yeah, so, so basically, it wasn't like my passion at the time, but it was just like something I needed to do to like just make ends meet. Because mm-hmm. when you first move to LA, it's rough. Like, it's not, it's not rough anymore. It's been good for a while, but when you first get to LA, oh, it oh, is yeah. so. The turnover rate is six months to one year, and and what happens is people show up and they're like, "Oh my God, this is way harder than I thought it would be," and maybe I'm not cut out for this, and they go yeah. back to the and nothing wrong with that, but but I'm just saying like that's the reality of LA. And when my brother and I moved to LA, when we just got to LA, we we made ourselves a contract. Um, it was at Denny's, so you know it's official. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a napkin and our contract was we're not allowed to leave LA for five years uh-huh. we just committed five years up front um, if things don't happen within five years we're allowed to give up on our dreams and go home how long have you been there now uh, 11 going on 12 years there you nice. go nice. so we we since then renewed our contract <laughs> twice nice um, but wait, like, wait, what's the new contract? What's the new it's contract? The same thing. It's just, it's just yo, another five years. So renew. Oh, okay. You're renewing it. <laughs> yeah. Just renew it for another five years. Okay. Hold on. I'm so curious about the fairy godmother circus lady who's just picking people out at Starbucks. Yeah. Like, did you ever get like, what about us? Did you see across the Starbucks and we're like, those guys could sweep the floor at a set a circus place. Demetrius is really tall. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> and we're just, we're, the thing is, we're goofing off. We're having fun. So she's thinking, okay, lighthearted. You know, also, you know, we're, we're like training and stuff. He's training mm. stuff. I'm doing some stunt stuff with him too, you know? So it's like, I'm not, I'm not, not very muscular, but I got some muscles on me. He's yeah. got a lot of muscles on him. She sees, okay, these are guys who can like lift up girls and like, you know, do some acrobatic stuff. All right, let's talk to these guys. Uh-huh. And, and Plus, they're, like, they're at the Starbucks buying coffee so they can, can afford circus school. Too. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, that's what you think. We had a gift card. <laughs> we, had, we had a gift card. I, I kid you not. I'm from like I'm from Washington State. I'm, I was born in uh, Tacoma, mm-hmm. grew up in Spokane. I would not be at a Starbucks. 
This I, yeah. I would them like a mom and pa coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, so yeah. gave me a Starbucks gift card. I'm in LA, and I was like, all right, whatever. So it's complete chance. Like if we had not gotten that gift card, was life would be so different right now. Yeah. This. Where did you go to college at? I went to Whitworth University in Spokane, Washington. It's like a liberal arts uh, college. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a Christian college. Too. It's Presbyterian, so it's a private college. And I studied writing and theater and film. And film was like we didn't have a film program, so film was like my little understudy thing. Ah. And I stayed an extra year just so I could qualify for this Los Angeles uh, program, this film studies center program. Oh, nice. Um, so like, I could have graduated like way sooner because I did the whole writing start thing, started college at 16. Mm-hmm. I, I had my my bachelor's by the time I was 20. You know, it, it's just, um, but th- I saw that film, the opportunity to do film. I'm like, okay, I want that. That's what I want. Mm. And um, I had no idea I'd be doing theater. Like the theater was also my minor. It was like not, the the plan at all i didn't think i was going to be i didn't have a draw to the circus didn't have a draw to perform i just knew i thought it was fun and i, and I enjoyed it but i wasn't like the best at it especially mm. in but that's all foundation and, stuff that's building up to what you do now yeah right but i thought the writing was, i thought the writing would be the main thing because that's what i was studying i was studying screenwriting and film but like writing writing you know and i get to la and the circus shows up in my lap and I'm just like, oh, like, this is really fun. And I was almost conflicted for a while. In fact, there was a point where I walked away from the circus completely for six months. Uh, and I said, no, no, no. I went to school for writing and for film, not, not for theater, not to perform, not for circus. So I walked away from it and I just did only film gigs. And that obviously was like a lot of like PA stuff on set. Art, art production, um, so art department. What is art department? What is that? Because I saw that in your IMDb. Sure. Um, so art department, so every single production has the art department. And um, they're <laughs> basically like the muscle, the artistic muscle is, is how I would put it. Because what they do is they set up the entire scene. There's a lot of different like branches of it. There's set decorating. There is the art department assistant. There's art. There's the art director. And basically, you're just responsible for picking up of all the furniture, all the props from all the prop houses, lugging into a giant truck. So I had to drive a big truck many times, like 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 sweating because I, I'm like nervous about driving on the freeway and the highway in a giant truck full of like expensive stuff that I don't yeah. own. And if it topples over, that's going to be my fault. So it's all the stress. And I'm, you, just, you get the props to the production uh, location. Then you have to unload it. So you're basically just like helping them move and, and move and unload non-stop and then you you set up the whole scene decorate it make it look good based on how the script uh describes and then and you're also there on set i remember one day on set we were shooting a film and the character gets really mad and he goes ah! and he scatters all the papers off the desk and they all go flying right and then after a moment the director's like no nah, it didn't flutter the way i wanted it can we get a reset yes. <laughs> It's like 17 times. I like looking at the pictures to make sure that the exact right papers are on top. Looking through the mat, like the scattered papers to make sure it's the same. It has to be exactly the same. And And then they cut that scene from the movie. Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) I I was a body double in that movie too, because they were they were short people. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, um, so that so when I think about like art department stuff and like my the film and the PA stuff, that was not the passion. That was like that's the grind. Like so that's like hey, I need to pay the bills. Yeah, sort of thing. And so I walked away from circus, and I was just doing that kind of stuff. And after about six months, I was like, you know what? I miss the circus so much. There's something there. There's something. It's not just like something I'm doing to like fill the time. It's really important to me. I realized didn't realize how important it was until I walked away from it for a little bit. And the hardest part about the whole circus journey for us was nobody really understood what or why. Like all of our family back home, our cousins, people we knew from our hometown, they were like, why? Mm. Or they were like, okay. They they just were like, it was just so incredulous. And they were almost like rooting for us to fail in a lot of ways. And like things were really rough for us. The first, I would say, like three, close to three, three and a half years was rough. The first three yeah, and a half, years. of course, so difficult. Yeah, that's when I finally got the opera. Was about three and a half years in. Um, and that was like the start of like my my big break. I was mm. I got contract at Six Flags the whole summer, and then I booked I booked like like four commercials that year as well. That's awesome. And, and then the opera, like things finally clicked, and I finally yeah. understood how or what I was supposed to be doing. But before then, it was just nonstop uh, um, failure, I, I would say, and just like hardship. And the people back home, they just made fun of us. Like on, on Facebook, they'd be like, ha ha, you're wearing makeup and this, this, this and that. And yeah. it was like, come on, guys, like we're already having it hard as it is. Like we just, just want like a little bit of encouragement is all we need. Yeah. Well, people remember- don't realize how difficult it is to give up hard. like your re- regular job to just focus on your creative pursuit and try and make money off of that. And also figuring out the business aspect. It's like you have the skills, but the business aspect of getting the gigs and knowing where to be and who to talk to and who books what. Absolutely. It's tough and it takes a while to sort of get your feet under you and it doesn't help when people are heckling you online. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So you guys do. So I have two questions. The one is, do you, do you think that your creative writing background has helped you in your uh, creation of not only because you have a solo show, but you also have another show with your brother. Do you think mm-hmm. that, do you utilize that creative writing degree? Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you asked that because uh, I, I use uh, Final Draft. Are you guys familiar with Final Draft? Yeah. It's a, it's a screenwriting software. I studied screenwriting. That's what I'm familiar with. That's my wheelhouse. I've been using Final Draft for all my stage performances since That's college. Awesome. I write all of our material, all our shows are written in final draft because it's like one minute equals one page, right? Or one page equals yeah. one minute. So I can pretty much write a 15 uh, page uh, script. I'm like, all right, that's about a 15 minute performance. Longer if you put tricks in there. And it's actually pretty consistent. So no, I've been using yeah. I've been using that a lot. Um, uh, pretty much every show that we do together and all my solo stuff, I've written using final draft. And I definitely credit. And do that. you always put, set the scene? Do you always like yeah, I outside do. I, yeah, two people? Interior. <laughs> Car yeah. drives by. Yeah. Hopefully interior. Hopefully a stage. Yes. Day. <laughs> hopefully lights. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully no hecklers. <laughs> two guys with a Starbucks gift card. In a world. We're just two <laughs> We're Starbucks. I would love that as a show. Hey, welcome to Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Do you have? Yeah. <laughs> okay and so and you do i mean i know you do your solo show and you perform that all around and uh, but you also do 
you, I know your brother is, you know, has the gig with Darth Vader, but you guys, do you still do shows together at you all? Were what stilt circus? Oh yeah. I've been with them for the last like seven, eight years. Um, but I work, I'm kind of like a vigilante. I work with a lot of different companies, <laughs> but they're still circus is definitely like my favorite to work with. I'm um, mm. very close to star and rich. And um, I've been doing a lot of fairs with them. So I just finished doing the Mex- new Mexico state fair. Mm-hmm. with them and uh, i'm kind of all over the place i'm about to do the big fresno fair with oh Still i'll Circus. see you next week i'll be oh. down there oh you're there okay awesome yeah i'm at the big fresno fair uh next week um, um which will be in Still the past Circus. when this airs <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. we'll do an addendum to this interview to see uh you know <laughs> to see how we were as an interview interviewers <laughs> yeah. to look back oh we were so young what do we know back then yeah i know <laughs> I hadn't baked in the sun for two weeks in Fresno. <laughs> and so you're doing stage shows there? No, that's just a still walking thing. And it's mm, kind of different gotcha. because like even the New Mexico was different because with still circus, I've always either done the circus station, the interactive circus station, or I've done the stilt walking. They're very two different beasts because the circus station is literally a cart that we built out of wood full of circus equipment. That's and I cool. wheel it around, I wheel it around and I stop and I do like mini pop-up shows. And then I unload it and then I showcase the tricks and invite people to come and learn it. And I nice. teach them. Oh, that's awesome. So that's, that's a circus station, but in New Mexico, we're right in front of a stage. So it turned into like a stage slash street show. It was a 45 minute uh, street show I was doing twice a day. That's awesome. And then on top of that, an hour of stilt walking juggling. So Man. that was, like, that was an intense, intense contract for me. Like I was coming home. I was like, wow, I'm so tired. Yeah. Um, Doing doing the thing where you teach people the thing. Do you ever have someone surprise you where like, you know, you give someone comes up and like all of a sudden does crazy stuff with the props. You're like, what's your name? The guy's like Enrico Rostelli. (laughs) (laughs) That has never never happened to me before. So Uh, what happens? What happens to me? Somebody who can I already juggle comes up to me and they start juggling like the balls. Mm -hmm. I'm like, awesome. Great. Do you want to learn clubs today? Yeah. And they're like stunned for a moment. They're like, yeah, sure. And then they'll get it within like 10 minutes. They'll have clubs because they already have the foundation. Nice. So stuff like that has happened quite a lot. Yeah. I, I watched, record- I watched some of your video of your hat and cane manipulation. And I'm, I'm very impressed. You know, as someone who does hat tricks myself yeah. in my show. Um, it's interesting to. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Is garage sale stuff happening? So back. Uh, I, they were they were price checking something. <laughs> Five dollars. <laughs> uh, but I, you have amazing hat and cane manipulation. Um, you so that's sort of a dying art form. Is that something that, that you people that stands out in your show to the audience? Is that something that you uh, are known for, or you know what brought that about? Yeah, I would say yes to all those things. Okay. Um, uh, I, I felt for a long time, I felt really generic in the sense that I had a lot of different skills, like, like still walking, rolling globe, roll a bola, juggling all, all the skills. But like, I, I couldn't see anything different for me or anybody else. Like I, I felt like they're just like, I just felt very generic in my skill sets that I had. There's nothing that separated me. And, um, in the circus marketplace, like it's full of really amazing and talented people. Like all my really good friends are so talented and stuff like that. I was like, man, how do I stand out in this, in this marketplace? I feel like I just, I don't at all. And, um, and when I picked up the hat and cane and started to mess around with that, that's when I realized, oh my God, this is it. This is the thing that I like. 
more than anything else. It was, it was my favorite thing. Yeah. And I just came alive. I, I felt so different. Like I never felt like an artist until I picked up the hat and cane. And I had already That's been awesome. doing for like five years at that point. Yeah. You're on so your I picked second up a personal contract at that point. <laughs> yeah. With myself at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, um, and I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what it is about this, but I just really love it. And the fact that it was more obscure and I didn't see a lot of people doing the gentleman style juggling. Like I was like, Oh my God, this is really fun and really cool. And I just, I started to learn it, but it's kind of a funny story about how I even got into it. Um, do you guys know, are, do you guys follow like Cirque du Soleil at all? Like in terms of like the shows and stuff somewhat? Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Well, well, back in the day when um, Iris or Idis was in um, in um, LA at the, at the Kodak, now Adobe Theater, um, they had their residency there for a while. And my friend, Robert, 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 Robert his name is Robert Weber III. <laughs> but you have to say it three times really fast. He, he he had a broom manipulation act. He's phenomenal. So he had a broom manipulation act where he throws up the broom. It's kind of like flying fork, right? Mm. Throws up the broom. It, it glides down his body, down his foot, kicks it up, it spins around. It's gorgeous stuff. And then he had a moment where he took off his hat and he threw it and he caught it on the end of the broom and flicked it back and caught it. And I'm like, oh my God, that was so cool. So we went backstage with him afterwards and he kind of gave us the rundown, the backstage tour. And I was asking him questions like, Hey man, how did you get into this? Like room manipulation stuff. It was just really cool stuff. And he gave me like a really <laughs> like a half ass, like, Oh, you know, just go to the, like, like go to the hardware store, just find yourself like a, yeah. like a thing, you know, and you just make it. And it was like really complicated for me. And I, and I didn't do it because I was intimidated mm-hmm. for a while. And I kept thinking, I really want to do broom manipulation, but it seems like it's really intense just to make the prop. And I was like, you know what? Let me just let me just get the hat for now. And I ordered my first hat and I picked it up. I started using them. Like, Wait a minute. This is this is so much fun. And I realized that that was a thing I was really interested in. Not the broom necessarily. Yeah. And it used to be just hat. And then I remember I was doing a VidCon. It's like a YouTube convention back in the day. Um, and I was there with uh, Sarah Mosier and I was standing at her parents' house. And she had a bunch of dance canes in the garage, just like black wooden dance canes, like a stack of six of them. So do you want these? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got them. And I, that's when I picked up the cane for the first time. And I realized, oh, my God, these work so well together. Yeah. Uh, and my, I'm kind of a stickler when it comes with hats because I think my journey is a little bit different than most people's because I feel like most people just try to absorb and watch all the videos they can and learn all the tricks they can right that way. Yeah. I didn't want to do it that way. Um, I was familiar with Andy Head. I know he had, he had released like a DVD with the hat tricks. Yep. And I saw that. And what I saw going forward was every single person who did hat tricks did his exact tricks in different orders. And mm. to me, that style is not something I connect with. I just feel like it's kind of like 80s and it's kind of like more hokey, more clowny. It's very clowny. So if that's like your goal, awesome. But like that wasn't my goal. And so I didn't want to be influenced by literally anything. Um, so I would, I would go to the gym six to nine hours a day. Most of it was hat manipulation and hat and cane stuff. And I would literally just throw a hat and a stick around. You don't know how many yeah. of the canes I snapped, throwing it up and like having <laughs> fall. So I must have snapped yeah. wooden canes Yeah, uh, learning that stuff. And, um, and my philosophy was, there's this quote I heard. I don't know who said it, but it goes like this. It goes, the bubble bee aerodynamically the bubble bee should not be able to fly 
but the bumblebee does not know this, so it continues to fly. <laughs> so for me, what I was thinking is like, well, if I don't know what's possible, I'm free to create the impossible. So I wanted just a, a fresh new perspective. If I don't know what's out there in terms of hat tricks, I'm free to create literally anything. Yeah. I locked myself away. I kept practicing. I didn't even tell anybody I was doing hat manipulation for a long time. I didn't unveil it for at least, I'd say, maybe two years or so. I just I kept it to myself. And I was kind of very secretive about it. And then I went to an audition and I busted it out. And they were blown away. They're like, oh my yeah. God, can you send me your hat and cane reel? And I'm like, yeah, you got it. I'll send you my hat and cane reel because it exists. <laughs> it <laughs> no. definitely exists. It's to- totally about to be filmed at the LA Fitness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. That. I went, literally went to LA Fitness that next day and I shot, I could even send you my first hat reel. <laughs> And, and, and I shot it. I shot a compilation of what tricks I could do back then. And my style has drastically tra- changed since then. Yeah. That was my first, like, getting it all out, out there uh, video. And it being a very sacred art form for me personally, like, I don't aspire to teach anybody to do hat tricks because it's just something sacred. And I realized, like, Robert Weber, he's like, yo, just go to the hardware store and get that thing. It's, it's kind of like a rite of passage. Like, how bad do you want this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you willing to jump to these hoops to get this? Is this, are you truly passionate? So if someone asks you, like, just go to the haberdasher and pick up a. No, I just say just pick up a heavy hat, or so you can go to a juggling store and you can get a hat. And I'll teach them if they want to learn a trick. I'll teach them the very basic tricks because I have my hat and cane act has two tricks that I that I do in in the the act the, the clown portion of it, where it's just the hat roll or the the yeah. toss. Right. I can teach those. Those aren't my tricks. I have no problem teaching that. Yeah, but stuff yeah. that's mine and personal, uh, it's something like a, something more sacred to me. Uh, and yeah. and if they really truly wanted it, they would get themselves a hat and start working on it, and then come to me. You know what I mean? Like, but I can't just teach it to anybody. It's like yeah, uh, maybe down the line I'll have my Sith apprentice. I don't know. And is that what <laughs> you, you mean, did you when your brother? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't do hat tricks. Who is actually a Sith? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a Sith Lord. I know. I'm in shadow all the time. <laughs> and is that what you did uh, at the Moisture Festival? Is uh, Hatton, what, what did you do and how did you come to the Moisture Festival? Yeah. Okay. So uh, at that circus school, I met a performer. His name is Eric Newton. He's a phenomenal aerialist uh, and a really amazing mentor. Good human being. He was a huge role model for me and my brother. Mm-hmm. And he had performed at the Moisture Festival and he mentioned it so many times and I was just intrigued from the first time he, he mentioned it. And that's something I put in my brain. Like I will go to the moisture festival when I'm ready. You know, I wasn't quite ready. Yeah. And then I was uh, making a new hat and cane piece. Uh, it's like a five minute stage act where it's like a 1920s uh, narrator teaching me how to do hat manipulation. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I but, saw the video of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so it was that act. I debuted it at Moisture Festival, my first time ever performing it. I put it together. Actually, okay, actually, I have a kind of a weird, crazy story. Um, going back to stunts, I didn't just do stunts. I also used to test uh, obstacle courses for different TV shows. So I did the Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken School Ranch obstacle course. So you're like, it's crazy. Like you're running down with the log, half a mile with the log on your, on your shoulder, throwing <laughs> across the rope, like over a mud pit. 
climbing monkey bars, sw- going into ice cold water, swimming out under a grate. Wait, so if you don't grate. die, if the <laughs> test guy doesn't die, then it's okay yeah, yeah. for, well, for regular just people? Sure, just make sure it's hard enough for the for the contestants. Oh, oh gotcha. If yeah, it's yeah. not hard enough, you take it up a notch. Gotcha. See? So I was testing all the stuff. So I did that one, right? And then I did the, the what is it? Is it Ninja Warrior? Is that the one? The other uh-huh. one? I did Ninja Warrior uh, one time and I was doing, uh, I think I was past my limit and I was in the water and my ankles had kind of like numbed out. My feet were numbed out. But I decided to throw one more attempt at the obstacle course and my feet weren't like really responding to me. <laughs> I couldn't have. And I biffed it. I, it was on the easiest challenge and I biffed it off. It was parkouring off um, one of the, the little things. Completely flew off the course. Eight feet drop. <laughs> On the concrete. Oh, slammed on my shoulder and on my, knee, on my ankle so hard. This is this is this is like uh, a week and a half before Moisture Festival. Ooh. So this is this is a real like a, a real like uh, reality check for me, and, and I'm just like I'm in pain, and, and, and I I'm getting myself worked on, and it's just like I can't really move this arm that much. I was it was my it was my left arm. Yeah, it was my left arm. I couldn't really move it. I couldn't pick it up gonna move it it was just done and um i was just like oh my god what am i gonna do and then i get called in for an audition my brother for a tv shows it was a show called the last tycoon mm-hmm. and it was a really big deal and it was a really good opportunity and i had only one working arm and it was a jug- it was a juggling audition <laughs> so i was like we're gonna have to figure this out somehow and what i did was when i was juggling I was juggling like really low like this, my arms down, <laughs> which is just good technique in general with juggling. Just keep your arms low. But I didn't do any like side slaps. I kept it simple. But then what I did is it was the hat, the hat uh, show off part of it. And I, I took my bad arm. I lifted it up and I put it behind my back. Like I didn't even need it. Truth is, I couldn't. Look how good I am. I use my arm. So I'm like, I'm going to put it behind my back. And I did that and I did all my hat tricks, all my flow with one hand. Nice. Everything. Boom. And they were like, oh my God. And I booked it. They're like, so, but, but that we needed a left-handed guy. So uh, we can't. Yeah, yeah, tough luck. You're, you're out of work. <laughs> no, but no, I blew my because because I, I juggled. And yeah. Did that. That's they awesome, man. And so I, I took time, a little bit of time, like two days <laughs> to rehab the arm a little bit, make sure I could I get the range of motion back, work through it. Juggling actually helped get that range of motion back um, a little bit. But what happened was I worked a project and I was this close to canceling Moisture Festival. Because I'm like, I just made, I just spent months working on this new routine. I dropped money on on the production of it, the audio design, the uh, designs. Like, and I I can't use this arm. I can't, how am I going to do this patent cane act? And I just went back to the gym and kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And I was like, okay, I'm 60% capable, 65% capable, 70% capable. When I left on that tour with my friend Alexander, I asked him to come with me to Moisture Festival that year. I was maybe about 70%. And we were road tripping from LA to um, to Seattle. So I was like, okay, by the time I get to Seattle, I will be hopefully 80 to 90%. That's my goal. And I and I got there and I did I did the whole act, but my arm was not, you know, was like slowly getting better, but like it was not 100%. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do Moisture Festival that bad. It was that important to yeah. me. Yeah, nice. I'm like, there's no way. I wanted to do this for so long. There's no way I'm passing this up for anything. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. rehab the arm. I'll put in the extra hours. I want to do this so bad. You put your arm yeah. 90% behind your back? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we got to get you back at 100%, man. Yeah, no, I've, I've been back at 100% for a while. Oh, okay, cool. All right. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. That, was, that was like years back. Um, and actually, since then, I just did the Oregon Country Fair. You guys know about that? Yeah. What's that? that like, yeah, I just did that this year. It was my first time. I was going to ask you about that because I saw a picture that you were in the Hansel and Gretel show. Is that what you were in? Yeah, with Stephen Haves, the Hansel and Regretel. Yeah, I, should, I walked right by it. I should have uh, come yep. and said, hey. What a wild time. Man, yeah. Oregon Country Fair, what a wild time. Oh, is that your first time ever there? First time. First oh, time. man. I yeah. live, so I live in that town. I Got live in it. Eugene. Okay. So I grew up going there. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's cool because there's so many vaudeville, like real vaudevillians there. A lot of the festival has its roots yeah. in the Oregon Country Fair. So what, what was your overall uh, sort of thoughts of uh, your first attendance of the Oregon Country Fair? First of all, Wild Time loved it. When people ask me about it, I'm like, well, it's kind of like Coachella, but for vaudeville performance. Yeah. They got like a lot of stages and you could walk from one stage. Mm. Um, I wanted to experience everything. So what I did is I would do my show, book it across across the way to catch Charlie Brown, catch all, yeah. of, all the performers I could, book it back to my stage, do my show, book it again. So I was walking, like I had my watch, my little watch that tracks my walk. I was doing like 25,000 steps a day. Nice. Like trying to get, get to every show. And I still couldn't make it to all of them. But <laughs> your, your watch, watch is going to say, warning, you're close to too, too much patchouli. <laughs> yeah. And then in, my, in between time, I was uh, training. There was like a little, there was a little like tent set up with like people just practicing. Mm. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to take a load off. Yeah. Just practice for me, just for fun. So it was a great, uh, the Ritz, can we get started about the Ritz? That was like <laughs> an experience. I Louis doesn't know what that is. The listeners might not know either. The oh, Ritz okay. The Ritz yeah. is a very exclusive, um, like shower station. <laughs> and when you're camping in the woods, a shower is like what you want most, yeah. of, especially at the end of the day. It's pretty, and, pretty great. And somebody tipped in one of our shows, they tipped us a golden uh, Ritz coin. Ah. And I thought it was so cool. I didn't spend it. I just wasted my. I, I spent my own money. I didn't spend that coin because I thought it was so oh, cool. Nice. And I wanted to keep something as a memento for my first uh, working country. <laughs> this is the dream of the shower I never had. <laughs> I could have showered. I could have. Sho- I could have been a contender. <laughs> no, but uh, it was a great time. And that, and what made it great was also just knowing people from Moisture Festival. Yeah, I remember uh, one of those times I caught Charlie Brown's show, right? And then I was back at the camp. After one of my shows, and Tim first, like, hey, Alex, c- come over here. And I was like, what? Am I in trouble? <laughs> I have no idea why. And he's like, come on over. And so I come on over, and it's him and Charlie Brown and artists. Mm-hmm. And um, Charlie, and I was like geeking out about it because I just saw Charlie Brown's thing. I'm like, man, Charlie Brown, you're awesome. And I, I yeah. love your stuff. And he's like, no, 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 you don't get it. He's like, I, I came here because I wanted to talk to you. I just saw your show. You were so great. And I, and I think what you're doing is so cool. And then artists is like, hey, man, I, I've watched every hat performance for the last like 40 years or 50 years. And, and I've never seen anybody do something like that before. Nice. nice. Getting these like massive compliments from Charlie Brown and artists and Tim. And that made it so special to me. Like, honestly, like because I'm, I'm always just trying my best. You know what I mean? Like, I've always felt like I'm just trying my best. And I've had all these hurdles. And we both, my brother and I, have had these hurdles. But we're just like, no, no, no. This art is very important to us. We're going to give it our all. We're never going to half-ass anything. Kind of running out of time, but I have a question oh, yeah, I want to yeah. ask you about. Sure. I saw a video of you. Were you juggling as the Pope on Ellen? That's, oh. that's it. That was me as the Pope. 
How was he? Hey, Louis, I didn't see the video. How was he as the Pope? <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> was he believable? So, so, so Ellen had this running joke um, where the Pope is secretly very talented. It started off with this thing where him at the Vatican, and he's got the whole t- table set up with like the holy artifacts. And he goes, and he pulls the tablecloth. And he goes, ah, ah. So that's where it started. And she kept bringing it back. So she brought me in as a, as a, as a Pope okay. juggler. The, the circus came to the Vatican and they put like a spinny ball on his finger. Yeah. And they had me jump on. I wore the whole outfit, but they put his face on top of mine. Oh, that's that, cool. Wait, was it a digital face or like a cardboard face? A digital face. Okay. So I can move around. I still wore the the, the hat, the head part and the, 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 the medallions and everything. I just wore everything, but they put his face over mine. Oh, and wow. I was on a unicycle juggling the clubs and then I'm juggling, <laughs> uh, doing side swaps with five balls. Did you finish with like the blessed cross yeah, yeah, yeah. thing? Yeah, everybody doing this. Back throwing water at people. And and then they brought me back again. So I was the Pope twice. Wow. And they, the Pope uh, hasn't even been the Pope twice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she had a joke with Justin Timberlake where they're like playing ping pong against each other. And it's like craziness. <laughs> so she brought me back as the Pope playing ping pong against Ellen. Uh, and I'm and first with the ping pong paddle. Then I'm on the unicycle with the ping pong paddle. Then I'm juggling on the unicycle with the ping pong paddle. Like it was just nuts. Uh, Wait, was, you were playing her ping pong while you were on a unicycle dressed as the Pope? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Wait, did the Pope win? Uh, I, I can't spoil it. Oh, but <laughs> with God on your side, nothing is impossible. It, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if people want to find out about you, they can do so at circusalex.com on yep. YouTube. You have a you the corn identity, which is the Jason Bourne of the comedy circus. So check out that's the corn identity. Uh, Bistrevsky Brothers. Uh, also has their, their own site and I you're on Instagram, Facebook, and yeah. are we missing anything else? Looks like uh, TikTok, say TikTok, right? TikTok, TikTok. Circus Alex. And I your IMDB page. You can see all the stuff you've been <laughs> in, which is a, like a laundry list of weird shows and yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> oh, we really appreciate uh, you joining us today. And uh, it's been yeah, awesome to get to know you. And I hope that everyone who is listening checks out your work online because it is uh, well worth typing it into a search bar. And look so. up the Pope video. It's great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, didn't, I didn't even know that was public. How did you even see that? <laughs> I, I, oh, no, I, put, I put it. Never mind. I put that on Instagram. I forgot. But I oh, usually ah. it's a good video. Okay. <laughs> I, All right, so I, I, I just saw the actual Pope a couple of weeks ago in uh, Canada and you're a better juggler. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's all I've ever <laughs> and he even wanted. shouted that out to the Pope. <laughs> That's why I got into this crazy business. <laughs> but can you play ping pong on a unicycle, Mr. Pope? <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thanks so much. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Louis.
All right, folks. Well, that's it for today. Just a quick few plugs. Of course, go to moisturefestival.org for all things Moisture Festival. You, they also have a Facebook page, an Instagram, and a YouTube that you can sign up for. And you can get all the information if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, or if you want to fill out the questionnaire to be considered as a performer as well. You can do that all on their site. If you want to find out more information about Louie and I, you can find Louie at louiefox.com. That's with two X's. Yes, and you can find Matt at Comedy stuntshow.com you can also check out the podcast that matt and i do called the odd and offbeat podcast at odd and or on itunes stitcher pocket cast all that jazz if you like weird and unusual news stories that's where you need to go because the odd and offbeat podcast is all things weird yes so check that out if you like this podcast you will love our podcast so be sure to check that out so we want to thank our guests for today that was a lot of fun and and we want to thank all the donors and volunteers and performers that make the Moisture Fest happen as well. Without yeah. them, we wouldn't be here talking to them. Absolutely. So get your little slice of Moisture Festival at moisturefestival.org and thanks so much for listening, folks. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast and stay moist.